0: Welcome to our Savior's Church. Glad that you're here. My name is Pastor Josh, and uh, you got to meet my wife just a minute ago. We're so glad that you've uh, chosen to join us. Hey, w- would you welcome all those joining us online? Hey, welcome to uh, our Savior's Church online. So glad that uh, you're all able to be here. We're in a series called Christmas is not canceled. It's kind of the series that we've been in for the last couple of weeks. I'll I'll catch you up just a little bit. We've been talking about how a lot of stuff this year has been canceled. A lot of things are looking very different this year than than before, but there are certain things that are not canceled. And so we've been unpacking what that looks like. We talked about joy is not canceled and peace is not canceled. Today, we're going to dive into hope being not canceled In our lives, so hey, just just um, I'm gonna I'm gonna need some interactive feedback here, okay? So some favorite Christmas songs, just shout them out to me. Some favorite Christmas songs that you like: Jingle Bells, Silent Night. I don't know that one. Real real Christmas carols. (laughs) Um, one of one of my favorites is Oh Holy Night. Any any old holy night people's I I, I love oh holy night it's one of my favorite ones. Um, I learned though I don't I don't know if you knew this oh holy night was written by someone um, that was was not a Christian. Uh, it was written in 1847 by a guy na- named Adolf Adam, and uh, and he wrote this song oh holy night. Uh, wasn't a Christian at all, but it's it, it has such such incredible themes throughout this song and one of the lines, which is kind of the beginning of the chorus of Oh Holy Night, I thought about us singing it and I was like, mm, might not be too good. Um, so so I, I didn't go that route. So the, the opening line of Oh Holy Night in the chorus says this, I'm going to show you, it says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And I was just thinking through as preparing for this message, how I can't think of two words that really best describe 2020 than a weary world. I mean, we're in a weary world right now. Uh, A lot of people are just are just tired and exhausted, and so many other emotions that come with with the gift of 2020. So uh, I I wanted to talk about what is it, what does it look like to to be in a weary world? But what's this idea of a thrill of hope? What is the thrill of hope that that lets us rejoice in the midst of the weariness of this year? And so I want to talk about this idea of a thrill of hope. Now, Christmas is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, according to the song. But here's what I've learned is that for many people, it's actually not. Um, it's the most depressing time of the year, most discouraging time of the year. They did a survey that I read a while back that said 45% of Americans dread Christmas because it reminds them of an absent loved one, a lost job, a painful divorce, something that is a, is a hardship in their life. And so I think the one thing that America needs, that the church needs, and that probably you and I need right now more than ever is hope. Come on, how I know mean, we need some hope. And uh, it's not no president's going to give it, um, no Christmas present is going to give it, no money is going to buy it. I mean, no, there's a hope that God wants us to have that's greater than all those. And so we're going to talk about this hope. But in order for you to understand what hope really is, the hope that God wants for us, we need to talk about what hope is not. So let's, let's start there. Um, if you have our OSC Connect app, these notes are in that app. You can pull that out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a couple of thoughts here and I'm gonna put some of these scriptures on the screen as well. But here's the first thought. Let's talk about what hope is not. So hope is not optimism. Hope is not Optimism. Now you may have some very optimistic people in your life and I pray you are. Listen, optimism is better than pessimism. Okay. So let me, let me first off start with optimism is not bad. It's just we need to make sure that we don't under, We don't uh, confuse hope to be optimism. Optimists would say, Oh, it's all good. Everything's going to be. All right. How many of you got those people? Like everything can be falling apart. They're like, it's all good. We're going to be okay. Y'all got that person like it's we're gonna be all right. We're gonna, and they they, they kind of try to just get everybody at calm like it's it's gonna be all right. I know you lost a leg. It's gonna be okay. We'll figure it out. We'll get it back on. Like they're just that type of person. Always you know always finding a, a good thing. And and I'm so grateful for those people. It's, it's way better than than the ER ER spirit. Um, so, but that's not hope. Okay, it's it's very different. There was a guy uh, by the name of, he was a general in, in, uh, in the army. His name was Jim Stockdale. And he was captured in the Vietnam War and he was in prison, tortured for seven years. And he made an observation over the seven years that he was in captivity about those people who made it out and those people who died in captivity. I want, I, and I put, I'm gonna put it on the screen for you because I want you to see what he says. This is very eye-opening because it's totally against what we think. He said, the first people to die in captivity were the optimists. I would think that is, that, that, the pessimists die first. But no, he says the optimists die first. Now watch this, because they kept thinking that things would get better quickly and that they'd be released. They died of a broken heart, a broken heart. The, the key to survival is you must combine realism and hope. Okay, so watch what he goes on and he says this. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end which you can never afford to lose with the discipline though to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality whatever they might be. So what he's saying is is to be people of faith doesn't mean that you have to act like it's not there. Like you got the diagnosis, it's bad. What they say is bad. It's okay for it to be bad. An optimist does this. An optimist denies reality and says, it's not that bad. It's all good. Watch this. But hope says this. So an optimist says it's not that bad. Can you put the next slide up? But but hope says it's bad, but I still believe. Y'all see the difference? So optimism denies reality and says, it's not that bad. We're all good. Okay? We're good, we're good, we're fine. Whereas hope says, no. It's bad. (laughs) But I do believe, I do believe that God is good. I do believe, so how many, I I just, I despise getting around Christians who act like it's not bad. Like, how's 2020? Oh, it's good. No, it's not. (laughs) It's bad. It's been a hard year. True? It's been a hard year. It's been a hard year on families, on marriages, on people's finances. I mean, it's, can we just say, it's been a crappy year. But, but, but I still believe that God is good in the midst of a hard year. I believe that God is working in the midst of a hard year. I believe that all those things, but it, I don't have to deny the reality of a situation in order to have faith. I can accept where the situation is, but trust that God is still good in the midst of it. Are y'all with me? Okay, so this is, this is kind of where we're going today. And we're talking about hope, so hope's not optimism. So let me give you some levels of hope, maybe different kinds of hope that there are. So there's a, it's kind of a a surface level and there's kind of a, you know, a medium level. And then there's like a depth level that God wants us to have when it comes to hope. So uh, first one is this, I call this wishful hope. Wishful hope. So wishful hope, this is by the way, what most people mean when they say the word hope. So they'll say something like, I hope that light turns green. I hope there's not traffic. I hope it doesn't rain today. I, I hope the Tigers win, which they did. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I hope the Saints win. Like, I, I, hope, I, I hope my kids go to bed tonight. <laughs> like, I hope, like, there's these things that are wishful. They're not bad, but, but, but they're, they're wishful hoping. You, you, for the most part, have no control over any of it. It's just wishful hoping. Nothing wrong with it, but 95% of the people who say hope usually are talking about that kind of hope. That's a very surfacey hope though, because it's, you don't have a play in it. But the second type of hope is what I call expectant hope. So expectant hope is, let me give you an illustration of expectant hope. So um, do I got any like gardeners or planters, like flowers or all that stuff if you like that? Okay, two people, so this is, <laughs> illustration might not work. <laughs> anyway, just follow along with me, okay? Act like everybody, who's got a black thumb? Black thumb people, okay, everybody. Okay, all right. So, so if I plant tomato seeds, cucumber seeds, flower seeds, whatever, I plant them. I have an expectant hope for what—that they'll, they'll grow, right? So I, I'm going to it every week. I'm, I'm watering it. I'm, you know, putting stuff around it. I, as you can tell, I don't plant. I'm just <laughs> stuff. You just put stuff. This is why the Jardels come over to our house. They just figure out stuff and the Nassas figure out things for us. So you just, they just magically appear. But, but I did the work to, to plan it. Now there's an expectation for it to, to come. If you've been you know, watching what you eat and, and been you know, maybe working out or you know, starting to jog, there's an expectation for what? For, for you to lose weight, right, exactly. There's an expectation. Okay, I've been, been doing some stuff. There's an expectation that I do. How many parents in here? Raise your kids for 18 years and you send them out. And there's an expectation. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be good. <laughs> I don't know if it's wishful or expecting. It's one of those. <laughs> Hopefully they'll make it. <laughs> we tried our best. We'll pay for counseling. So this is, but, but you did something and then there's an expectation that hopefully it will it will transpire well. Now, when a woman is pregnant, what do we call them? They are expecting. Exactly. So they are expecting. They're, they have a child within them that is growing. And there is an expectation that in nine months or so that there's going to be a baby that's delivered and born into their family, all right? So there's so much joy and excitement, anticipation of this day. Now watch this though. But what happens when what you're expecting doesn't happen? Because there's another, a number of mamas in this room that were expecting and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And, and so... That wishful thing, wishful hope and expectant hope, they're all good. There's nothing wrong with that, but we need to make sure that we can have something that's even greater because what happens when you're wishful and you're expecting, don't meet your expectations. And can we just all agree that 2020 has been full of year of expectations that were not met? Yes. How many of you had some things that you expected things to go a certain way and it didn't go that way? Yes. Anybody? Yes. That was all year. Like I couldn't plan. like, it was funny. Like this year, like in, in, in November, December of last year, our staff got together and planned the whole 2020. It was like, we were like all excited, planned the whole year for the church. And man, we were all pumped. None of that happened, none of it. Like I, I couldn't even plan, not even a month ahead. Like I, I was like planning like days ahead. Like so many things was changing, you know, um, I mean, you, 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 parties, I mean, you just name it jobs, school. I mean, everything that we were so accustomed to and, and, and expecting it just to go this way, church, like it just all changed. And, and according to um, the general, what, what gets us most discouraged is when you have an expectation for something and it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. And so we've got to have a hope that death can't touch, that troubles can't rock, that storms can't turn. We've got to have a hope. And this is, so this is number three. Ready? We've got to have an anchored hope. Everybody say anchored hope. We've we've got to have an anchored hope hope, and and anchored hope. Let's look at Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews six, verse 18 and 19 says it this way. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to do what? It's it's, it's impossible for him to lie. And it goes on, it says, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge. Now this is huge because in week one, we talked about how do we get our joy back? And how do we get our peace back? And we've been talking about, man, we run to the Father. This is, he's our refuge. He's our hope. He's, he's what we look to, to to get that. And when we do that, we have this great confidence that as we hold to what? Hope. To hope that lies before us. Now, now here's, here's the big verse, verse 19. He, he goes on, he says, this hope is a, everybody say this word. It's a strong and trustworthy anchor for, now watch this, watch what it's for, for our, for our souls. Now, the soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. So it's your thinker, your chooser, and your feeler. This has been a year where our, our thanking, our choosing, and our feeling has been like this, right? It's felt like a roller coaster, waves all around us. And the promise of scripture is that God has a hope and is a hope that is strong, meaning that when you're, not, when you're weak, it's not, meaning that when you can't take it anymore, it can keep going, it's trustworthy, meaning when you need it, it's there, it's dependable, it's reliable, and it's an anchor. And I love the imagery of an anchor, this anchored hope. What is it to have anchored hope? So uh, I wanna ask that question, and I'm gonna answer it. So the question is, why do we need anchored hope? Let me give you, I'm, I just got two thoughts. One, because anchored hopes keeps you from drifting. Anchored hope keeps you from drifting. So um, this summer, we, uh, my, my, son sees a doctor in Denver, Colorado. So Lindsay and I decided we're going to make the best of it. We're going to bring all of our boys with us to Colorado and we're going to go to the doctors and then we're going to go spend a couple days in Colorado Springs. So that's what we do. We went there and so we're trying to figure out what do we do while we're here? Let's do something that we don't get to do in Louisiana or we haven't done in a while. And so one of the things that we decided to do was to rent a boat, So we rented a boat, I don't own a boat, I don't have a boat. Um, Most of my boys haven't even really been on a boat, so I'm like, this is the perfect time, let's get a boat. And we were so excited, my boys are so excited because we're gonna go tubing and skiing and kneeboarding and all that fun stuff. And so I was so excited because it was my time, finally as a father, to get all of my aggression out for my sons and fling them all over the lake. (laughs) Come on, that's why every dad, every dad. Y'all come on in, jump on in. And man. I have videos. And so, <clears throat> and so we did that. So we, we had fun and I'm slinging my boys all over the place and they're saying, slower, slower. And I'm like, faster, faster. And so <laughs> we're having fun. And so we, we, we find this kind of like little cove area that the boys are like, dad, let's just get down and like swim. And. Like great, let's do it. So we get into kind of this cove area. There's like mountains all around us. It's just beautiful. They're, it's like it's almost like cliffs. Like they're just like 50, 60 feet high, and uh, they're all around us. And so I'm like, hey, that's fine. We can we can stay here and swim, but but I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to find something. And uh, and so what do you think I look for? Anchor. Yeah, at nine o'clock. The lady said a shark. I was like, no, I was not This was a lake. <laughs> so I was, wasn't looking for sharks. So an anchor. So I, so I pulled the anchor out and, you know, an anchor is only as good as, first off, as the anchor itself is and then you, the rope. So you got to tie that and have a good tie to the anchor. Then you got to, you know, have a good tie to the boat. So throw it over and, and, and so I'm like, all right, let's get out. Let's go. So we're, we jump out. Well, what I didn't realize was I didn't have enough rope for how deep it was. So I threw the anchor over (laughs) and we're all swimming and hanging out. And then I look, turn back and (laughs) boats like floating to the mountain. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Swim back over and go get in and pull, pull the anchor up and realize they didn't give us enough for where we were. It's just, we were in a very deep place. So I had to go find a place for us to, to have a little bit shallower of water because if it's not anchored, it drifts. And, and I think that's, a very, very good imagery of, of ourselves is, I mean, you know, it's easy to drift. I mean, 2020 has been an easy year to drift. Waves of life have made it very easy to, to drift all over the place, drift in our marriage, drift in our faith, drift in our, our finances, drift in our emotions, just, just drifting, just all the way. And one of the things I have learned more and more over time is you, you never drift towards God. You always drift away from him. You never drift towards a better marriage. You always drift apart. You never, y'all, y'all know we don't naturally drift towards things that are healthy. We drift towards things that are unhealthy. Shaking your heads. Okay, everybody with me? So we don't, we, we this is just our part of sinful nature, by the way. It's a part of that soul wrestle. It's a part of that inner nature that, that we struggle with that we drift, we, we drift. And man, I've, I've had to help pastor a lot of people this year, people that are in our church that I'm like, man, that's a strong leader that have really struggled with drifting. I just feel disconnected. I feel like this. I'm like, you are. Because if you're not anchored, if you're not anchored, it's, it's easy to drift. Watch what uh, Job says, um, well, let me show you this before I do that. Um, I'm gonna show you the largest anchor in the world. Look at this. This is the largest anchor in the world right here. Whoa. Looks a little different than the anchor you're probably used to, huh? So this anchor right here, as you can tell, it's 75 tons. How many know, that's not for a rogue, okay? Um, this, is, this type of anchor is for a serious ship, which as well, how I many know, oh, the more you grow in life, the bigger the anchor needs to be the more the anchor needs to hold. Um, let me show you the, the, the chain for this. Look, here's the, here's the chain for it. Look at that. So every single, every single one of these links is over 1,000 pounds by itself, just the links. This is a serious anchor. This is a serious anchor. This pales in a comparison, though, to the anchored hope that God gives us. Uh, and, and think how strong this thing is. I want you to just have that mental picture of how strong and trustworthy they are when they they put this thing out there. This is what God's called us. So let me show you the verse now talking about drifting. So this verse here in Job says it this way, those who forget God have no hope. Those who forget God have no hope. Now, immediately when you read this verse, you think of, yeah, those who live for themselves and you know, do their own thing and all that stuff. Yes. But I would also say to those who have experienced God but are forgetting God even in their daily life. Right. Yeah. And that's easy to do, by the way. Those who forget God. And we see this, this scripture right now playing out in every sector of our society right now. A nation that was founded on... Under God and in God, we trust. And now, the more of that that is trying to be eroded in our nation and eroded in our schools and eroded in our government and eroded in our. Are y'all with me? The, the, those who, who forget God have no hope. They have no hope. So, you can put your hope in the stock market or you can put your hope in a president. Hey, or watch this you can put your hope in a vaccine yeah. or a job or a spouse but those hopes do not hold. Now we're thankful for them. We're thankful for them. But, but they're not where we find our hope. And the further away we get from God, the less hope we have. And the closer we get to God, the more hope we have. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it another way. The most hopeful people on the planet are those who live closest to God. Yeah. Now, Pastor Rick Warren, who pastor Saddleback Church in California, um, shared a, a great um, quote, this is, he said, as he watched our culture start drifting from God, he felt like God gave him something. And I want to show you what God gave him. Cause I was like, man, this is so good. People gotta hear this. When, uh, when our culture drifts from God, wealth is idolized, truth is minimized, life is trivialized, abortion is legalized, television is vulgarized, advertising is sexualized, our conscience is desensitized, education secularized, race is polarized, sports is scandalized, and morals are liberalized. Now watch this, he continues and says, crime is sensationalized, immorality is popularized, drugs are legalized, courts are paralyzed, breakup of family is rationalized, sin is glamorized, Christians are demonized, and God is marginalized. And these are all things that happen. For those who forget God have no hope. And so they try to find hope in every other thing, realizing that it really can't give them what their soul longs for. Anchored hope keeps you from drifting. Second thing, though, is anchored hope keeps you from sinking. Keeps you from sinking. I absolutely love reading the Psalms. The Psalms are such a, a place of solace for me, as I, especially as I go through tumultuous times. David was a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible describes him. But I love it because David was also very real in his prayers and very real in his writings. And so this is, we get a sneak peek into David's journal. And David in the midst of a very hard moment in his life pens these words in Psalms 42. And he says this, why am I so discouraged? Anybody ask yourself that, that question this year? Why is my heart so sad? And then he he flips the script and he says, I will put, everybody help me with this, my my hope in God. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. So here's the way that I want to unpack this scripture. First off is that every time there are challenges in your life, every time you feel like your soul is under attack, because he's speaking to his soul, by the way, remember your mind, your will, your emotions. So he's talking about being sad and being discouraged. So he's talking to his soul and he's going, soul, why are you so sad? Why are you so discouraged? And I want you to hear me. This year has been a year in all of the turmoil that's going on and it gives us a lot of questions. Question marks, where's God? Why hasn't God done what he's supposed to do? Why am I going through this? Will I get this? Will I keep my job? Will we have enough? Why am I so why am I? Question after question, after question, after question. And when you go through hard times, the enemy wants to question and question and question. By the way, one of the things he wants you to question is God. It's the first thing he did in the Garden of Eden where he goes to Adam and Eve and he says, did God really say? It's the first thing that the enemy wants to do is to get you to start questioning God. If he can't get you to start questioning God, how many know he starts getting you to question yourself? Then he starts getting you to question others. And then it's all questions. It's all questions. It's all questions. But watch this. What anchored hope does, notice, he, this was hope. Man, things are bad. I am discouraged. Then he flips it. Go back to that verse real quick. He says this, watch. So, so it gives us questions. Why am, I, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? But watch, come on, anchored hope gives you exclamation points. No, but I will hope in God. I will praise him again. My savior and my God. I love the exclamation parts there. It's like, nope, I have questions, but there are some things that I feel, but there are some things that I know and I'm going to focus on what I know when I don't like what I feel. Are y'all with? So you have to focus on what You know, you have to focus on what you know. The best sermon some of you can preach this year to yourself is hope in God. Hope in God, hope in God. I don't know how this is gonna work out. I'm gonna hope in God. It's bad right now, but I'm gonna hope in God. It doesn't look right, but I'm gonna hope in God. Even if it doesn't go the way that I want it to do, but I'm gonna hope in God. I'm gonna put my hope where I know it will be anchored, where everything that is around me that wants to sink my ship, I'm going to anchor myself in this moment. And I love that because an anchor goes way down deep. An anchor doesn't stay on the surface. An anchor goes way down deep, way down deep. When all those storms come and everything's coming at you against you, you have something that is strong and trustworthy, something that you can lean on, something that you can can, um, trust in and is dependable. This is what God is to us in times where things are outside of our control. So much of this year has been outside of our control. So much has been outside of our control. So so you've gotta find, where's my hope in this moment? I gotta have an anchored thing in my life that I can lean on, stand on, and trust in. And it's God's anchored, anchored hope that he has. So my question to all of us is, what are you anchored to? What are you anchored to? Watch this. Here's how you know what you're anchored to. If there is something that is in your life that can be taken away and your joy and peace goes with it, you're not anchored to hope. I'm gonna say it again. If there is something in your life that can be taken away and your peace and your joy go with it, you're not anchored to hope. Because anchored hope says, even if that thing gets taken from me, my hope's not anchored to that thing. My hope is anchored in God. So that may be, now listen, that is easy to preach and hard to live. Because some of you got a diagnosis this year that you didn't ask for. Some of you lost loved ones and you didn't ask for that. Some of you lost jobs. Some of you lost a marriage. Some of you have been struggling with your own things inside of you, deep depressions. But God is telling us you need something in your life that you can anchor your life to, that when the storms of life come, when everything comes your way, you're, you're, you're an anchor. You're anchored, not because you're strong, but how I many know because he is? Notice it doesn't say you're strong and trustworthy. I mean, no, we're not. He's strong and trustworthy and an anchor. Jesus is that. So I just wrote this down. Anchored hope is the ability to face the facts that are against you, but to keep your faith in the God who is within you. We don't have to dismiss the facts. We just have a God who's greater than the facts. I don't have to dismiss my feelings. It's been a hard year, but I can also trust that God is good in the midst of it. So uh, I think I've shared this a couple of times here, but if, if you're new here, you're, you'll hear this for the first time but it's a part of our message that I feel like God has given us that continually needs to be heralded. So we're coming up on January in a couple weeks. And January 2nd, 2013 for for our family was the day our world was flipped upside down. It was the day that our son was diagnosed with the rare disease that he has. um, Many of you probably have have heard that story. And, And I remember us being at Dr. Benoit's office, and him saying, something's wrong with his heart, you need to get to Lake Charles. I remember Miss Tracy being there with us. I remember me leaving our staff and going, hey, y'all pray, we don't know what's up. I remember us rushing home, grabbing some clothes, and I remember us taking off to Lake Charles. It's all a blur in so many ways. I remember getting to Lake Charles and a cardiologist um, on her way, and she says, we're gonna do an echocardiogram, just basic, got to make sure we do that. I remember they did that. I remember they put a mask on my son. He's having a hard time breathing. I remember all these emotions of what the heck is going on here. I thought he had asthma. says, what's up?" What's well? and, and then I remember the doctor coming in after the echocardiogram and saying, your son has congestive heart failure, is in congestive heart failure, and we don't know why. And then walks out. I remember my wife falling down, crying. I remember me scooping her up, crying. My son was asleep, thankfully, during all of this. And I remember picking up the phone, calling Pastor Bubba, called my mom, called a couple of people, called my brother, called some people. And let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. We don't know what's up. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. About 30 minutes goes by. And my mom runs into the ER room and says, this is from your grandmother. And she hands me this right here. I have it in a frame now because of how much this means to me. So this is a, a little index card. And on the, on the bottom, she actually has a date, January 2nd, 2013. So she writes all this stuff. So my, for those that don't know my grandmother, my grandmother is, is um, very, very close to the Lord. Um, She prays for me and all of our grandkids often, and she always gets words from the Lord and she's always writing down words. So when she found out about my son, she pulled out a card. And so at the top of this, it says Psalms 118, 17. And it says, it says, Joel shall not die, but live and declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord. And um, it's got a little fold in the middle. I did it, I felt it, and I put it in my pocket, and I held it in my pocket for 42 days in the hospital. I'd always pull it out. I'd look at it, and I'd read it. And then I would go, and I'd lay my hands on my son. And then I would say, Psalms 118, 17 says, Joel, you will not die, but you will live and declare the works of the Lord. And every time the doctor would come back out and tell us something that was terrible, I'd pull out the card, I'd open it up, and I would put my hands on my son and say, Joel, you will not die. And I just kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no clue. But I did know I had an anchored hope. I knew I had something there that even if my son doesn't make it, like, God, you're here. God, you're with us. God, you're in this moment. You need that. We need that God's word, God's presence, and God's people. How many know those are anchors in our lives? How many are thankful for God's people, God's word, God's presence, God's promises? Those are anchors. Those who forget God have no hope. Those who forget God have no And, and here's what happens. Watch. In those moments, we all pray. How many know even atheists start praying? It's amazing, you ain't got no atheists when things get rough. I'll pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. But what ends up happening is when God starts answering those prayers, watch this, we forget God. God, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. And he gives you a job, and then we forget God. God save this, save this, save this. And then we forget God. I don't know what the rest of 2020 will be for you. I don't know what 2021 will be for you. I can, I can make some promises. I do know. You're going to have problems. You're going to face some trouble. I know that. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And my prayer is to prepare you to have something that you're anchored on that's not shaking when everything around you is shaking. Are you all with me? That, you're, that you're, what you're standing on and what you're anchored in is strong steadfast and trustworthy. This has been the story of our Savior's church. From my son to Pastor Baba to many other miracles that are here to marriages that are here to people who have navigated very, very difficult diagnosis, very difficult situations. All of us in here probably have those moments where it's just like you knew God was there in that moment. And so for this Christmas, I just want you to know Your hope's not canceled. And I feel like today, I just need to remind some people in here, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going. God is with you. He's strong where you're weak. He's trustworthy where you've been faithless. He's been faithful. This is who we serve. And I wanna wanna end today. We're gonna end in two ways, a little bit different than we normally. I wanna read a scripture. And then I've invited Madeline to just help lead us in just one special moment of worship. But I want you to do this. Would you just close your eyes all across this, this room? If you're online right now, maybe just, you could just create a moment right here, wherever you are. And I wanna read this verse over you and then I'm gonna invite Madeline just to lead us just in a, a time just for the Holy Spirit to minister to us right now. And here's the verse, it's found in Romans chapter 15. And this is what it says, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. out to
1: Jesus, we
0: love you. Come on, declare that to him.
1: Jesus, we love you. You are the one our hearts adore.
0: Come on, let's let him know. Tell him, Jesus.
1: Jesus, we love you
0: Yes, we do, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, for every person that's within the sound of my voice right now that has walked into this place or is watching online that has felt hopeless. God, I thank you that you are the God of all hope. And I pray, God, that you would begin to fill where there has been depletion. I pray that you would fill and flood their hearts with hope. Not discounting the facts of the hardships that are around them, but God, reminding themselves of the truth of your word, that you are with us, that you are for us, that God, that nothing formed against us will prosper, that greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the peace that you give. God, we repent if we have looked to other things to be our hope. God, today you're reminding us that those are false hopes, false hopes. God, we don't want to put our hopes in money or put our hopes in our jobs or put our hopes in relationships or put our hope in a government. But God, we we put our hope in you. We hope in God today. We hope in you. You are our anchored hope. God, I pray for those today that have maybe received a diagnosis or going through health battles right now. We are reminded today that, that no weapon formed against them will prosper. We thank you that you are the great healer God, that we lay hands on the sick and they recover, that by your stripes that were on our, on your back, God, we are healed, and we speak healing right now over them. God, we pray to every cancerous cell has to leave. God, we pray for every ligament that would be, be fixed. God, we pray for muscles and bones and arthritis and migraines. God, we pray right now, Lord, that you would heal, heal physical bodies, those that are at home right now. Heal them, right, heal them, God. Heal them, heal them. God, we pray for those right now who are battling in their relationships, God. Maybe they put too much stock and too much hope in a relationship. I pray today that they would realize that that you are the healer of all relationships. So we submit our lives to you and put you first, Lord, that you give us the grace and the the ability to walk in forgiveness with others, the the ability to reconcile and restore, God. Lord, our relationships are only as good as our relationship with you. May we be able to do to others what you've done so freely to us. The grace and mercy that was poured out for us, God, help us to pour that out for other people. Those who have been battling depression and discouragement in the battle of their minds today, God, I pray that you would give them hope to know that you are strong where they are weak. I pray that truth would reside more in their minds than their failures and their flaws and their deficiencies. Thank you that that you have been perfect where we've been imperfect. So Father, today we, we just acknowledge you in this place. I pray that this Christmas would be filled with... The greatest hope, even in the darkest circumstances, may the light of Jesus shine brighter than ever before. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. Come on, can you just tell them that? Say, God, I, I love you. Come on, can we just tell them, God, we just declare that to you, Lord, we, we love you. Because Jesus we love Let's just give them all of our heart today. wants me to just tell somebody somebody is here has been thinking about taking their life I don't know if it's someone that's watching or someone that's here in this room you've you've really contemplated taking your own life I just want you to know today Jesus so loves you there's people around you that love you even in the midst of all the pain and the hardships God says don't give up He is your strength He is your hope Everything you're longing for, you can find in Him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1 3 that He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're in a weary world right now, today we can rejoice because you have hope that doesn't come from things around you, but comes from a man who is trustworthy and strong, and He's faithful. His name is Jesus. Jesus is our hope. If you're here in this place, say, Pastor Josh, I feel so far from God. I feel so far from him. I want you to know he's closer to you than you can even imagine. The Bible says that he came to break the divide between us and God. It's sin. That's what divides us, sin. We are born again into a living hope. And if you've never been born again into that living hope, I wanna wanna pray for you today because Jesus lived and died and rose again so we could have this hope. So would you just repeat this after me? If that's you and you say, man, I, I wanna know God like that. We say, say, Jesus, thank you for coming and living a life I couldn't live. You took my shame and my guilt and my sin On the cross, you rose again to give me a relationship with God, a place in heaven and a purpose on earth. Today, I repent of my sins. I turn from living my life for myself and I turn to you to be the savior and the Lord of my life. Come change me, help me from the inside out. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate the goodness of God?